Bible podcast. We hope you'll enjoy this message by Pastor Joey Bonifacio. We started a series on relationships. I began to explain to you last week that relationships need mastering, and it starts with knowing that it is the ultimate goal of life, that life is all about relationships. But when we don't know that as a fact, or maybe know it but don't fully understand it, or know it and understand it but don't accept it, and finally, if we don't accept it, then there is no chance of embracing it. Thus, there is no opportunity to master this idea of relationships. Relationships are at the core of our lives. That's why the first message I preached to you last week was about mastering the core. The core of relationships, at the center of all of it, what holds life all together are relationships, families, marriages, parenting, companies, bosses, all of that at the core is relationships. I explained to you that the core of all of these relationships are the three things we talked about at the core of the great creation of God, are interrelated, interconnected, interdependent with one another. We talked about at the very core of the creator. The reason why that's the core of creation is because that's the core of the creator. He's a unique God and a God of relationships. And finally, we said that the core of all mankind, the greatest creation, the ultimate pinnacle of all of God's creation, us, at the core of us is relationships. At the core of relationships, however, is this thing called love. When you don't understand that relationships is rooted at its very core on love, which is why Jesus said the two greatest commandments of all is love God and love one another. Today, I want to give you three distinct pictures of love. The first is a house of love. I remember as a young parent, one of the first books I read on parenting had this amazing quote. It says, rules without relationships lead to rebellion. Rules without relationships lead to rebellion was a quote from a man named Josh McDowell. As a young parent, I began to embrace this thought that if we had all the rules and made our children line up and do the things we want them to do, but we didn't have relationships at the end of it all, they would rebel against us. Now, you need to understand, I have three sons. <laughs> In this particular picture, they're ages six, five, and three. And you can imagine if you've never had children, if you had three boys this close to each other, you could have a rebellion on hand. And I realized as they were growing older, this next picture is seven, six, and four. I've entitled this message, When Rules Don't Apply. The point is, sometimes when you have just rules, it doesn't work. At the core of all of this is love and a house of love. The picture of a house of love is found in 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. It says, and so we know, there it is, know and rely on the love God has for us. Do we know that? Do we understand that? Do we accept it and do we embrace it? Because only when we know, understand, accept, and embrace it, can we rely on the love of God that God has for us. The essence of the understanding of this is God is love. At the core of our creator, the creator who made all of creation is love because he is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. It's a picture of a house. That's where you live. That's your permanent address. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. As my children got older, they individually fell in love. This is Joseph on the right with his wife, Carla, and Joshua with his wife, now wife, Christy, and my wife at the center there. Now, both of these boys are now bald and have children. They've grown older and still 
whether they were little kids, whether they were falling in love as teenagers, or whether they're now parents of their own families, at the core of all of this is to help them understand that life is about relationships and at the core of that relationship can only work because of God's love. Further in 1 John chapter 4, verse 13, it says, this is how we know that we live in him and he is in us. He has given us his spirit. How do we really know this thing? Because the spirit of God that is in us 24 hours a day, seven days a week, keeps reminding us of his love for us. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. We know that he loves us because he sent us his most precious thing in his life, which is his own son. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. It's a pretty simple picture of the house of love. When we live in God, when Jesus is the pinnacle of all of our essence and our love for God, then God lives in us and we live in God. This is a picture of the house of God your most permanent address. This is your most permanent residence. If you know and understand and accept and embrace this truth, you will have the essence of the core of relationships, which is love. First John chapter four continues. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. Notice the words made complete and have confidence. The house of love is the only place where you can have complete confidence. Other than that, there's false kinds of loves everywhere. There's false kinds of confidence that are incomplete and will not ever give you the completeness of confidence that comes from living with God in his house of love. First John 4, verse 14, chapter 4, verse 18 continues. There is no fear in love because perfect love drives out fear. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment and the one who fears is not made perfect in love. Notice the words, there is now no fear in love. When you live in a residence, when I was growing up, I lived in my father's household. There was no fear because I knew that this man loved me and my mother loved me. When we live in the house of God, then we know that God loves us. But take note, even then, as my parents have loved me, it wasn't perfect love. God's love is different. There is no fear in love because perfect love, which is God's love, is drives out all the fear because fear has to do with punishment. The house of love is our most permanent address, but it's the only place of complete confidence and it's the only place where we will find perfect love where it resides. This is key because unless we understand this love, we have no way of giving it to others. In essence, we don't have at the core the reason why we can build the right relationships. Down in verse 18, it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears has not arrived at knowing, understanding, accepting, and embracing the fullness of this love. The one who fears has not been made perfect. He has not mastered the understanding of how much God loves him. And thus in verse 19, it says, we love only because he first loved us. When we understand, know, understand, accept, and embrace the fullness of God's love for us, we will understand that we dwell in the house of love. Our most permanent address, the only place of complete confidence, the only place where we will find 
perfect love that drives out all fear. The second picture I want to give you of love is the fruit of love. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23 says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Notice the words, the fruit. It's a singular noun. And then it says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, a singular verb, and noun. It's interesting that while that says is love, there's a list of other things that are in there. How can one fruit have all of these other things? Well, the simple answer is there is actually just one fruit, and that fruit is love. The rest of these are actually quality, qualities of love. They're characteristics of love. The same way that when you take a single fruit, like an orange, it has texture, and it has flavor, it has aroma, it has substance, it has color, it has uh, nutrients in it, juice, and it even has seeds in it. These are not separate things from the fruit. They're character qualities of the fruit. In the same way that the fruit of love has joy. Love without joy is not perfect love. Love without peace is not perfect peace or perfect love either. Love without patience cannot be love. Kindness is a part of love. Goodness is a part of love. Faithfulness, gentleness, and even self-control. These are the essentials of love. In fact, these characteristics are validated by one of the most famous verses in the Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 4, love is patient and love is kind. Notice the words love is patient and love is kind. You see two of the qualities of love right there in the same list in Galatians chapter 5. Further, it says in the same verse, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. Notice these three words and these three ideas all centered under does not envy, does not boast, is not proud, is someone who has self-control. And you see the same list happens in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It is not rude. Someone who's not rude is someone who is gentle. Notice also where it says not just rude, it does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. Those two things are here right there where you find someone who's not insisting his own way, not irritable, not resentful, is someone who has peace. Further, it says, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Notice the words rejoices in the truth and does not delight in evil. Someone who does not delight in evil is someone who has goodness. And someone who rejoices in the truth is someone who has joy. And finally, we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Now notice the words always repeated four times. That is someone who knows how to be faithful. These are the character qualities of love. There are it's actually just one fruit, and that fruit is love. The rest of these are character qualities of the fruit of love. Further, it says again in Genesis 5, uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 23. The fruit of the Spirit is all of these things. Against such things, there is no law. In other words, rules don't apply, not because there are no rules, but because you're way above the rules. There's something about you when you live in the Spirit of God, in love, in joy, in peace, in patience, in kindness, in goodness, in faithfulness, in self-control, you are living above the law. In love, rules don't apply. Secondly, there is no faking the fruit of love. Let me explain that to you. You see, you can fake things, but you can't fake the fruit of love. Let me show you a picture of two apples. 
Can you guess which one is plastic and which one is real? Hard to tell when you're just looking at a picture. Fact is, the green apple is real and the red apple is fake. The only way you're going to know that is when you experience the love, when you bite into the fruit and you realize there's no juice, there's no aroma, there's no flavor, there's nothing in there because the fruit of the Spirit is love and there is no faking the fruit of love. Fruit also rot over time. Now, that's why you need to have a growing amount of fruit because whether you like it or not, our love is limited. And that's why we need to have an ability to grow this love. And the only way to do that brings us to my third and final point, not just the fruit of love, but the tree of love. In John chapter 16, or rather 15, verse 4, it says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch, speaking of a tree, can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Watch the words remain, remain, remain. Four times he remembers, reminds us to adhere to me, to attach to me. Don't ever disconnect to me because if you do that, your ability to grow fruit is impossible. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain, adhere, connect, don't leave me. I am the vine, you are the branches. There it is again. If you remain in me and I in you, guess what? You will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. There it is. The whole point of this tree is love. And if you remain in my love, you are now abiding in the tree of love. Remain in me means remain in the tree no matter what happens. The second point is remain uh, means fruit grows over time and season. Your fruit of peace, of joy, of patience, of kindness does not grow overnight. It grows over time. It grows over seasons. As you experience the love of a father, as you experience the love of a mother, as you experience the love of God in your life, you will now learn how to grow this fruit. It becomes sweeter over time. At the age of 65, I'm still remaining in the vine because there are things that are showing up in my life that need to come, become mature and keep growing. It is also the only way I can have fresh fruit to give to my friends, to give to my family, to give to my wife and children because fruit grows over time and season. Fruit has to stay in the vine. The only way I can keep sweeter or have more juice or have more seeds is to stay in the vine. That is the tree of love. Fruit grows over time and fruit multiplies over time and season. As I learn to stay in the vine, as I learn to stay in the tree of life, I learn to grow more fruit, abundant fruit, fruit that remains. The house of love is the beginning part of understanding the core of what the relationships are. Our most permanent address, the only place of complete confidence for us, the only place where, where perfect love resides. Secondly, the fruit of love. The fr it's, it, when you have love, you're above the law. The rules simply don't apply. Secondly, there is no faking the fruit of love. And thirdly, fruit rots over time. That's why we need the tree of love. And the tree of love, remain in him no matter what happens. Remain in the vine in relationship with God. Secondly, fruit grows over time and season and fruit multiplies over time and season. Join me in a short word of proclamation as we proclaim Jesus, the God who loves us, the God who saved us from all of our misdeeds and all wrongdoings and taught us two things, love him and love one another. 
pick up a bread and a cup and join me in this short word of prayer. Jesus, thank you that you've loved us and that you've laid your life down for us. And as such, we've learned how to be loved by you and because your love and because you first loved us, we can now in turn love one another. Bless this time as we partake of your bread and cup. In your name we pray and everyone said, Amen. Thank you for listening to the Every Nation Singapore podcast. We hope you've been blessed by today's message. For more information, visit everynation.org.sg.